Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. I have an amazing show today. You know, I've been waiting for this show for a number of weeks. When I get an entrepreneur on the show like Mr. Sabir Singh, who is the co-founder and CEO of Miko Spirits, I get very excited because he's got such a great entrepreneurial journey. He's been able to build this incredible business called Miko Spirits. You've probably heard about it. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's online talking about it. It's a, he calls it a hardly civilized tequila, which I really love. It's small batch. It's unmatched in its excellence. And what caught our attention is very, very rarely do you see somebody build something where everybody's just loving it. Everybody's raving about the spirits. Everybody's talking about it. You can't go online without hearing about it. The packaging is beautiful. Let's get into it. Sabir, welcome so much to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. This is super cool what you've done with Miko Spirits. I mean, everybody's talking about it online. I want to get into it. I want to get into the packaging, how you actually produce this incredible tequila. But to start with, Sabir, let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet and sure. tell us about Miko Spirits. Thank you. Yeah, let me just dive right into it. Uh, Miko Spirits and more, more importantly, Miko Tequila, which is the brand um, under, under Miko Spirits, was launched in 2019 as a craft tequila within the um, ultra premium segment. Um, the idea was to really produce something that was authentic. Uh, my partners and I have been producing tequila collectively since 1937. And um, my, our, our founder, who happens to be my father, AJ, was a former executive at Patron for many years. And he was truly responsible for, for uh, building their hacienda, bringing production in the house. And that's how Miko came to fruition. The brand's got a lot of, a lot of vibrancy to it. Miko actually translates to monkey in Spanish in the region of Jalisco. And at the end of the day, we really wanted to have fun with it. You know, produce a really authentic te uh, tequila. Karina Rojo is our master distiller. She's one of a handful of female master distillers in, in Jalisco. And just to really produce something that was, was, was really vibrant and really broke through through our millennial consumer age 26 to, to, to 38. Um, so we got a, a line of ultra premium tequilas, a Blanco, a Reposado, and Anejo, and a soon to launch extra Anejo. I love it, Subir. I mean, it's so remarkable. One of the things that caught our attention which we thought was just super amazing and super cool is that your master distiller is a woman. Correct. And there's not many, you know, master distillers down there, down in Mexico that are women. And, and I would imagine 
that's one of the reasons why perhaps your taste is so amazing because maybe you just have this different kind of a taste palette from your master distiller that's able to sort of transfer in over into this taste that you've been become known for already sure. uh, with your tequila. Sure. You're, and you're absolutely right. Karina does a fantastic job. She's got over 17 years working with the Nunez family. And um, it's really nice to see her at the helm of this brand. Um, we let her, not let her, but she, I mean, she she's truly responsible for our Blanco, which is reflected the Highlands, very floral on the nose, has grape bouquet and very agave forward. Um, we use traditional methods of distillation production. And Karina just does a fantastic job working with the, with the local team there, along with my father, which is kind of interesting because you have a, a, a gentleman who arguably ran one of the largest, today's largest ultra premium spirits coming to the world, coming together with a family that's produced tequila since 1937 and Karina kind of running the, running the show there. So I know the term craft and small batch is thrown around somewhat loosely these days, but it's truly what it is. And, and, she, and we are so proud to have her. And to your point, um, her palate, her senses, her nose, and what she really understands about tequila is truly, truly magnificent. And we're really lucky to have her. I love it, Subir. And of course, your dad is known worldwide as a leading expert in this field, and you're building this amazing and remarkable company. Each bottle that you produce, I know you really have a passion behind it. And what you say is that it's an expression of really your meticulous dedication to the craft. So when you think about what you're doing at the company, what gets you up in the morning? Like, is it is it because you know that you're you're producing this just beautiful bottle of spirits that people are going to love and, you know, they're going to toast at their weddings and they're going to have at their parties and they're going to have at very meaningful events. What gets you going in the morning, Sabir? No, that's, it's great. And it's so exciting to work for this company and represent this brand. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but it takes about seven and a half to eight years for our agave to mature. So from, from start to finish, you're talking about almost eight and a half to nine years before it hits the retail shelf. And that's really what gets me excited in terms of the production process and really the team behind it. You know, when I look at Miko, um, you know, sometimes I, me and my father mess around and I, I say, hey, listen, if you don't wake up every morning with a smile on your face, you probably don't belong within this company, this brand. And jokingly, he's, he's very... Uh, so ambitious about it and he's he's excited every day but you know that's one aspect of it another aspect of it is is being able to go out there and talk about tequila right in a way where we can really showcase what what goes on in mexico and how well they produce a great product compared to scotch compared to champagne compared to a lot of high-end wines and how tequila kind of plays in that platform and another aspect of really dealing with consumers every day and interacting with distributors and, and, and people and look at the smile on their face because that's one thing i love about tequila when you ask somebody about tequila do you want a shot of tequila do you want something with tequila it's always like this bright vibrant smile and you know it's just an uplifting spirit you know and 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 that's really why i love this company and this brand i love it it makes all the sense in the world now something that's very special yeah. about what you do at the company. And this is one of the reasons why people rave about this taste. It's bold, but it's smooth. I mean, it's very complex, but yet very easy to enjoy is you use a very special barrel, uh, uh, some type of whiskey barrel, you know, uh, maybe an American oak whiskey barrel I've read uh, for a certain type of your tequila. Let's get into that because that's fascinating. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's very interesting too. And, you know, so Reposado, which translates to rested, um, needs to be aged a minimum of three months and, and, uh, and Anejo, which um, translates to Anjos for one year, needs to be aged a minimum of 12 months. What we do is we took a really unique approach to aging our tequilas. 
We sourced two different barrels from two different um, uh, um, distilleries in the United States. So we, we like American oak and traditionally that's how tequila is aged. What gets really unique and really interesting about Miko tequila and makes it, it sets aside from the other tequilas out there. And to your point, creates kind of that interesting complex taste profile is that we finish off in Cabernet barrels from two wineries in Northern California. One's Silver Oak in Napa Valley and the other is Jordan in Alexander Valley. And it honestly started off an experiment. You know, we were sitting there and three or four of us in Jalisco and, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, aging and barrels and how to create something unique and cool. And, you know, we reached out to some contacts in Napa Valley, brought the barrels down. Karina and AJ kind of played around with it. And I said, you know what, this is actually damn good. And, uh, you know, we could have released it as a limited edition or in that, but, you know, it's, it's part of our everyday line. It's kind of the story behind Miko and it'll evolve. You know, we'll source barrels from different regions of Europe later and things like that and really take this to the next level. I love it. You know, Sabir, let's talk about the Blanco because, you know, a lot of times when we think about tequila, the first thing we think about is the Blanco and, you know, your, your Blanco Create, it's crafted in small batches. There's only three essential ingredients. And of course, I love the fact that, you know, the key ingredient is time. So let's talk about that a little bit, uh, because that's really awesome what you've been able to do with the Blanco. Absolutely. I mean, the base of any good tequila is, is Blanco. You know, you got to start at, at a, a really great base. And because we're using traditional methods that have been passed on from generation to generation, um, that's where we get a really great Blanco. And much like the wine regions, you know, our Blanco is really reflective the Highlands, Los Altos. So very floral, great bouquet, and really approachable. So you're able to sip it, you're able to mix it in, in, with fresh ingredients and citruses and juices. It doesn't overpower, it kind of shines through. And I always say this, if you want, if you want to take a shot, take a shot. You know, it's how you, you prefer to enjoy tequila. If you really travel down to Mexico, you know, Blanco is really what, what true, truly is uh, what you know, tequila connoisseurs love. And it's, it's extremely important that you have a Blanco that is reflective of what you, what you want to do in, in your production, right? So a lot of people do um, produce tequilas that are from the lowlands and are more grassy, but we really feel like Miko really showcases the Highlands well. And really for people who don't like tequila, who want to get into tequila, can try Miko Blanco, really enjoy it and, 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 and understand it. I love it. It's so interesting and it's so fascinating and it's so involved and it's so complex, but yet at the other end of it, when we get it in the bottle, it's so smooth and so amazing and so simple just to pour a little bit of it. When we think about agave, you know, it all starts in the, in the fields, you know, and I know that your master distiller, you know, hand selects, you know, the cream of the crop for your product. So let's talk about that because I found that very interesting. Yeah. And, and I think I mentioned this earlier, it takes about seven and a half years for agave to grow. And it's basically a beautiful, a, a pina is what they call it. And, you know, you can harvest agave earlier, you can, you, or, or, you, or you can wait like we do to, to make sure it's absolutely mature. It's got the right amount of sugar levels and you're able to produce a really good high quality tequila. And Karina and AJ do a really good job of working with local farmers, making sure they're supportive, making sure we're, you know, it, it, it's a fair transaction and they're they're because they're, they're, I mean they're our partners in the long term right I mean they were the most important aspect arguably in, in this whole process and so we we make sure that they're taken care of and, and honestly we we over the last five years I'm sure you heard of this agave prices skyrocketed almost tripled um, and there's a, there's a shortage of tequila out there so what's really nice about us is that because we have those relationships and Karina does what how to select, you know, really high quality agave. We're still able to produce a really great quality tequila, given everything that's taking shape right now. 
I love it. It's great. Now, when we think about production, Sabir, mm-hmm. you think about, you know, big factories sometimes and big ovens and big everything. But in your particular case, which I love about, is that you're still using like brick ovens that are, you know, in a town and people are paying attention to it and they love working there. And it's a very meticulous sort of a process you use. Is that one of the secrets to the success? Absolutely. And it is. And in, in to, to your point, we take those time honored methods and, and it showcases in every step of the process, cooking in brick ovens for 48 hours. There's other processes you can use that take eight hours. But that really allows agave to break down those those sugars so we can convert it over to alcohol. Our fermentation process is about four to five days. And our distillation process is taking place in 5,000 liter Olympic pot stills. I mean, truly hand handcrafted all the way through. And it really yields a really delicate, really nice balanced tequila that you can you can enjoy neat. Um, and you know, like this, this our distillery is probably about 35,000 square foot feet. It's, you can walk through in about 10, maybe five to 10 minutes if you wanted to, right? And, and it's just beautiful to see this whole process take shape in such a small facility, yet taking almost you know seven to eight to nine days to produce and craft. I love it, Subir. Now, I have a funny question, but I've been thinking about it here leading up to the interview. You know, yeah. I know you get to go down to Mexico and you, you're, you're very much involved. You're a very you know, hands-on type of an owner. When you go down there and you start tasting the various spirits and tequilas and things like that, how do you taste it without sort of, you know, start, starting to get to your head a little bit as you're going through the tasting process? No, it's actually a great, great question. It happens a lot. You know, like after you're sitting there, you're trying to taste, you're, you're, you're making sure that each batch is, is, is consistent, it has that great quality. And after a few, two or three of them, your, your palate's almost done, you know? So you kind of take a break and, 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 and you go back to it. But, you know, um, what we do, honestly, is, is, it sounds a little weird is we taste in the morning because your palate's fresh. You, it's not adulterated with coffee and other things like that and foods. And you really get to understand what's in the tequila. And um, that leads to a really nice lunch. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Sabir. What's the... What's the key? Where are we going from here? I mean, everybody's talking about it. There's only so much I think you can probably produce in its current state because it's small batch tequila. It's unmatched in its excellence. You know, what's what's the plan for world domination, if you will? Or is it more of a United States domination or are you going worldwide with it? So that's a great question. Actually, we're, we're taking a, a kind of a unique approach to this because it, it, it's such a small batch production. We're looking at two key markets to kind of grow this brand. One of them is California, which is about 75% of our focus. And the next one is Texas, two of the largest states uh, that combined make up about 65% of the tequila market. And so from a cultural perspective, diverse perspective, we think our story really resonates with these two states, with the people here, the consumers here. And we really think if we can create a great footprint in these two states, we can scale and grow that to other other, other regions of the United States. Not to say that um, we've had conversations with uh, importers in Japan and Germany and, and England, and there's great opportunity. We feel like we want to build a footing here with what we're doing really well. Make sure that consumers understand um, our story, our production, and why we're really in the business. I love it, Subir. And for the entrepreneurs watching the show, rewind what Subir just said. That's a great point, a great key point that he just mentioned. I mean, when you look at it, California and Texas, they're like each their own country. 
Sure. So he's going into the area where they consume a lot of this. Uh, he's already has the great reputation of the brand in those states. And as he continues to evolve in those states, then obviously he'll be able to determine with his team what to do next. Obviously, Sabir is getting contacted from people all around the world saying, hey, we've heard about this Miko Spirits. You know, it's incredible. The, the reviews are awesome. You know, we were down in Mexico and people are talking about it. Maybe they were in California at a at a at a wedding or something like that. And people were drinking some of the tequila and they loved it so much. So for the entrepreneurs watching the show, rewind what Sabir said, because if you're building your business, think about your sweet spot. Maybe you don't go worldwide to begin with. Maybe you don't go internationally or in the United States to begin with. Maybe you select a couple of prime markets, prove out the model even better, get your feet underneath you, and then start from there for world domination. So it's really awesome, Sabir, what you've been able to do. Sabir, let me ask you this question. You mentioned your father. He's very well known in the space. Everybody knows him. I mean, he's a worldwide leader. What's it like working with your father? Because a lot of people, you know, wonder about what it's like having a family sort of a, a, a business acumen. And it's something that, you know, people are interested in. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely candid with you. You know, the first year we launched a brand, we had, a, we had our challenges, you know, we, we bumped heads. But, you know, what, what I try to create within this company is just allowing people to take their do what they would do what they do best. He runs production. He's involved in um, every aspect of the process. Obviously, he's got a lot more experience than I do, so I make sure that I reach out to him when I have questions. And he, and he as as not just you know um, a leader, but just just an advisor as well. So I know I'm, I'm confident in my decisions um, throughout the company. You know, we don't, we don't we don't try to micromanage. We want to make sure that people are responsible for what they're doing and they feel a true sense of ownership. So what we try, what we do is we kind of divide and conquer. He he allows me to do what I do really well: sales, marketing, brand building. And when it comes to production, he does reach out to me and he values my opinion. But I trust him what he does. And again, that took a little bit. And now we're at a, a good point. But I, 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 the first year was a little challenging. And once you weed through all the all the um, uh, you know the nuances and understand each other from a business perspective, remove the personal perspective. Uh, I think that's when um, a lot of great things start happening. Well, that's another great lesson for entrepreneurship, for the entrepreneurs watching the show. You know, when you have a startup or you start building a business and you have a co-founder or somebody that you're building it with, if you agree on everything, it really doesn't do you any good. It's always good to have disagreements and have good intellectual conversations where maybe there's two different viewpoints so you can come together to get the best of the best from what both people bring to the party. Now, Sabir, one thing you're known about it, Miko, you've got beautiful bottles, beautiful packaging. How important is that to your brand? And how, who came up with that idea? Let's give the beautiful bottles to the customers. Yeah, that's, that's the Miko tequila bottle, as, as you're well aware. And really, the idea was to create something that exemplified the juice itself, the product, something that stood out. So again, Miko translating the monkey, and you've got the monkey there really prominent in his suit, kind of you know, front and center. Um, but really, it, it was it was a de design perspective from from you know friends and, and family in Mexico, you know, and uh, we really looked to a lot of people in the area and the region and to understand what it would take for us to stand out. Um, it's very bartender friendly as well. But again, at a retail, from a retail perspective, you can, we wanted somebody to walk through a shelf or retail stuff, whether it was a Bebmo or a local grocery store, and kind of say, even if they didn't buy it, like, what is that? You know, and that's really kind of the, the inspiration behind the bottle and, and the packaging. 
I love the bottle. I mean, the rounding of the top reminds me of an agave plant, and it just sort of makes all the sense in the world. You've got great, uh, great packaging, beautiful, beautiful bottles. And of course, what's inside is really the key and why you're so successful. Now, Sabir, let's talk about your team because, you know, you're building a world-class team. You've got people down in Mexico. You've got people up in California. You and your father are building this brand to, to, to really crush it, you know, in California and Texas before you go on the nationwide and perhaps the worldwide footprint, depending on what your you know, business decision is. How important is it to build a great team? When you think about leadership, we talk about corporate culture starting at the top. When you wake up in the morning, how important is it to you to sort of lead by example for the rest of the team? You know what? I think it's got to be the most important. You know, it's really the people behind the organization. And what I look for truly in, in building the team is it's important to have a great background. It's important to have experience, understand the industry, especially because it's the alcohol industry. and There's a lot of regulation behind it. And you have to be really careful in what you do. I look for passion. You know, when I, when I, when I run into people who are passionate about the brand, they understand, they ask questions, uh, they want to know more. That's what's important to me. You know, I want, yeah, at the end of the day, this is a startup and there's a lot of things that need to be structuralized and need to happen, but aren't going to happen until we, we, we grow and we all grow together. And so the team is so important. Um, my partner, Jurgen Dole and Rosa, I own an experiential marketing agency called Optimus Inc. with clients like Nike and Google. And they are partners in, 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 in Miko truly partners who drive the digital experiential and the know-abouts of, of a marketing. So what I try to do is, you know, I, I have expertise in sales and, and different areas, but I really understand that you really need to have people who are, who know how to do brand building production wise. You know, I, I love tequila. I know tequila, my father, Asian Karina, know tequila more than I do. And I trust them and make, and, and, and they trust me. Right. And that's, that's a big part of it to really understand tequila and what people are going to like and enjoy and evolve and innovate. So I think the team is, is, is absolutely the most important thing. And I think it's important to build a well-rounded team as well. You know, bring people from outside the industry from, from different inputs. What are fashion designers doing? What are, what's the automotive industry doing? And um, collectively, I can kind of drive the company in a way that's innovative and fresh and unique. I love it, Sabir. It's really awesome. You know, let's get back to the entrepreneurial community now. And I know you've only cut out a certain amount of time. And thank you so much for coming sure. on the show. I couldn't wait to get you on the show. What you're doing is really remarkable. So a lot of entrepreneurs are watching the show and maybe they're in a startup phase. Uh, maybe they're having some challenges. Maybe they're hitting a pothole in the road. Maybe they're hitting a wall that they can't get around. Maybe, Sabir, you could give some advice or some encouragement to the younger entrepreneurs watching the show that maybe are hitting a brick wall or a pothole. Maybe they're freezing in the frame. Maybe you could tell them what it takes to get through those tough times. Sure, sure. And, and you know, without knowing exactly what, what that is, I can kind of conceptualize what we went through when we were concepting Miko before we launched it, um, you know, the packaging, the product and whatnot. I would say this, if, invest the right amount of time. If you've invested the right amount of time in the product or service, and you believe in it. The first thing that's going to happen the first year is you're going to you're going to hear the critics. Well, why don't you change this? Is there a different bottle? The juice is great. I love the story, but how about this? And take stay, stay the course. Stay the course for a good you know three years, and you can make slight adjustments, but believe in what you really put forward into that brand or service. 
and, and really stay the course. And the second thing I would say is look look to as many people around you for advice. You know, don't be don't be hesitant to call. It, you know, look, you know, reach out, make phone calls, whatever it may be. Sit with people, network, because you never know. It could be your friend. It could be somebody you worked with ten years ago, and just reach out to that person for advice because you can't have enough information. And I I know we have our phones and our 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 laptops at our fingertips, but there's nothing better than talking to somebody about you know what they would do in this situation. And then I think the third aspect of it, I, I would say just make sure you have the right funding behind you know the brand. I mean, we were in a really competitive space, very competitive. I've got to go up against every celebrity who wants to launch a new tequila for the right or the wrong reasons, right? And just make sure you're well funded and 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 make sure you enjoy it, right? That, that's really what it's about. Just enjoy it day to day. It's it's a grind. It's challenging. It's not corporate culture. It's something else. But just if you're if you're not enjoying it. You know, you got to figure out a way to enjoy it because it's a long haul. You know, you can have a three to five year plan that can turn into eight to 10 year plan very easily. So make sure you're enjoying it. I love it, Sabir. It's so amazing. It's a great entrepreneurial story for the entrepreneurs watching the show. Rewind what Sabir said again. I mean, that was a little Harvard MBA he just gave you right there. You know, you look great in your jacket, in your sport coat, in your T-shirt. But I also know you go down and you get in the fields and you're looking at things and, you know, you get your fingernails dirty as well. And that's what entrepreneurs do all the time. And that's how we become amazing successes. So, listen, this has been absolutely amazing, Subir. Everybody, I want you to meet Miko, born in Mexico, raised in L.A. I love that. It's so good. It's a new breed of spirit animal really amazing. Everybody loves it. I mean, if you can even get your hands on it right now, Sabir, I want to thank you so much for coming on the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series today. This has been absolutely awesome. We're going to watch this. I may have to move to Texas just to get my hands on some of your, you know, rarefied spirits. So I can't wait for that. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting. 